This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to special episode of Obsessed because we're recording it live here at Convergence, which is a giant science fiction convention in Bloomington, Minnesota. And my guests include Bonnie Burton. Hello. Paul Cornell. Good evening. And a random audience volunteer with a random obsession. And I will now draw the name of the random audience volunteer. I have drawn Maven. And Maven is obsessed with roller derby. So Maven, uh, the lovely and talented Tony Karna will uh, put a microphone on you, and I'm going to talk to Paul and Bonnie a little bit, and then I'll invite you up a little bit later in the panel. All right. So we are going to get started uh, with Mr. Cornell. And Mr. Good evening. Cornell's obsession is with Kate Bush. <laughs> so by applause, how many people are familiar with Kate Bush? So just to get us started out, we'll get back to Kate Bush, but can you tell people a little bit about who you are? Um, I'm an urban fantasy writer whose first good novel um, it will be, <laughs> be out from Tor um, in Britain and the States in December and April, respectively. Um, and um, I'm a, oh, a thoroughly geeky person who's been immersed in geek for all his life. Uh, I write comics for DC and TV shows and things. All right. Now, why? Why seem to come here unprepared? I don't know. You're totally prepared. You you had you're an urban fantasy writer. Yes, as I said. Keep so up. no scenes with farms in any of your books. Um, suburban fantasy sometimes. But that's, that's a whole different thing. That's your personal life. Okay. Uh, so why why would you say it's your first good novel? Oh, because I wrote a couple of bad ones. <laughs> That, that started off your career, right? Uh, yes. And made people love you, right? Well, I, I like to think they love me for other things. Well, I, I, the, the first time that I ever heard your name was uh, from my brother and Patrick Harrigan, who are both huge Doctor Who fans. Like, there are these new good books. It's continuing. There are great writers like blah, 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 and Paul Cornell. Yes, though those were not the bad books to which I refer. I wrote, oh, okay. I wrote a couple of awful SF novels a few years back. Oh, yeah, I heard about those. They were shit. Yeah. <laughs> I did not hear anything about it. I look forward to reading your novel. That, very felt, much. that felt awkward. It already feels awkward. Well, it'll only get better. <laughs> and you can interpret that either way, that it will actually get better or more awkward. Uh, so anyway, let's, let's get uh, started a little bit uh, with Kate Bush. I don't know hardly anything about Kate Bush, so can you give us a little background of who she is? Uh, British singer-songwriter, uh, first hits in 1976. Um, with a tremendously literary and occasionally geeky sensibility, um, interested in mysterious phenomena, really there would not be um, a Tori Amos, a um, Amanda Palmer, a Marina and the Diamonds, any of these folk in their current shape without Kate Bush. They all owe her and I'm sure, acknowledge that debt. Um, she uh, hacked out a career as a... Um, extreme female singer-songwriter. Um, her first hit, Wuthering Heights, um, had a very, very spectacular and odd singing style. And um, she's kept on on the cutting edge ever since. She's never become all Victoria Music Club and boring. 
And um, I think even her last her last two albums have been amongst her best. Uh, she gets much she gets better with age. Okay. And she once sent me a fan letter, and it was lovely. Oh, she sent you a fan letter. Yeah. Okay. Be, uh, well, did she see you tweeting about her? Is that um, how it happened? Uh, no. Um, uh, her. She really liked my Doctor Who episodes. And, uh, and she, sent, she sent me a lovely little card saying, myself and Bertie, her little son, uh -huh. um, we sat down and watched your Doctor Who episodes and we really liked them. And um, I, it took me five different goes to write her a card back. <laughs> I, I, I got through five cards. It was like, Miss Bush, you're my favourite recording artist ever. <laughs> and I, I was reduced to a, 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 small, a small squealing boy. It's, well, that's awful. great. So, <laughs> You really, you didn't solicit this in any way. It no, just no, I, I didn't. You know, go up to her and go, "Could you send me a card telling me how good?" <laughs> I, I assumed not. Uh, so when 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 you were first listening to her and, and starting to make an attachment to her music, was it more the music or was it the themes? Were you like a young geeky kid who was like, "Oh my God, she said a geeky thing in a song." Yes, there, there's there's a lot of that. Um, <laughs> a lot of it is a sense of rhythm that I just relate to on a very uh, internal level, and that's uh, when it comes to music. It's often very hard to describe why you like something. Yes. Um, but also uh, lyrics that talk about always going beyond boundaries, and sometimes she can get tremendously abstract. There are songs like um, uh, "Suspended in Gaffer," of which no interpretation really exists. <laughs> and um, every now and then, she'll just whisper something in head in your headphones. And even if, when you turn the volume up full, you have no idea what that was. Now, have you confirmed with other people that that's there? <laughs> uh, that might be the magic of the recording, that she's actually only speaking to you. <laughs> well, it, it has occurred to me that maybe she is sending me secret messages and I should kill the president. <laughs> you should have a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, this, this one's good. We like this one. Um, so, how, how would you say that listening to her music has impacted your life? How has it made your life different uh, because you have Kate Bush? <laughs> I, I think it's influenced my work. Um, I think um, certainly her sense of pacing is quite a literary one. She will do what used to be a whole side of an LP with what is in effect in the end one track. And um, the, the way that builds, she, she knows her classical music, so she will build something in the shape of a symphony. and. You know, as one plots a novel or um, a comic cycle, you know, it, it, there's, it's nice to have a musician you can put on in the background who is also working their way through a big shape. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so you, you like the, the structure of her music mm -hmm. and you relate to some of the themes. The, the Fordian themes, what kind of things express themselves? Um, she has a song called Strange Phenomena which uh, goes into some depth about um, the nature of coincidences. Um, I have a whole theory about her song cycle, The Hounds of Love, um, where, which is about a woman drowning at sea, who uh, a lot of people say that, um, and I actually deliver a lecture on this subject, uh, but, uh, let me do it in one minute instead, <laughs> um, <laughs> that um, uh, a lot of people say that you hear the sounds of a helicopter and a helicopter crew talking to each other, and that's when she's rescued. But actually, the... Um, uh, voices heard are Apollo astronauts, uh, very fuzzed out, and the next song in the cycle is about seeing the globe from way above, and then you go into a little light shining, and she see, she's back at home and seeing a little light whizzing over. She's been abducted by aliens <laughs> during the Hounds of Love. 
Wow, all in one song or a song cycle? That's in uh, one song, actually, in the okay. cycle. And uh, I just tried to sing there. It, <laughs> I, she, she's a lot better than that. <laughs> but that's so true obsession to me that you lost yourself in talking about it that I, I was going to maybe ask you to sing. I was wondering, like, <laughs> should I be that big of a dick? But then <laughs> you just lost yourself in it and found it. So uh, one, one of the ways that I have observed, actually, Kate Bush impacting your life is on Twitter. Mm. Because you, you tweet about Kate Bush quite a lot. Well, and it, it, as part of a reasonable, balanced diet. <laughs> you do tweet about other things. <laughs> it's not like just got up in the morning and thought about Kate Bush. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's got up in the morning, thought about Kate Bush, thought about cricket, went to bed. <laughs> a full day. Uh, but yeah, no, I've seen you uh, discuss her, her artistically uh, in some of the same things you're saying here. But I believe, ha have you been responsible for perpetuating Kate Bush Hulk tweets? Oh, Kate Bush Hulk. <laughs> um, somebody, somebody tweeted about um, Kate Bush um, in a way which was reminiscent of the Incredible Hulk speech patterns. <laughs> and, it just occurred to me that there are some, some of her lyrics which do suit themselves to hulking up. And among, amongst the many, many running in jokes of my Twitter stream, which I know can be a little alienating for new readers, um, we, we should do a previously on every now and then. Uh, the Kate Bush Hulk does make appearances. Kate Bush Hulk bring out new, new, um, new song cycle. Kate Bush sm smash um, modern day electronica. <laughs> so has Kate Bush ever commented on that? Has she ever sent you a fan letter? Like, the way you've broken up my speech and made me sound like an idiot. My son and I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I think perhaps I've heard my last from Kate Bush. <laughs> so she didn't, she didn't respond to your response? No, um, no. I sent, I, sent, I sent Bertie some Doctor Who fridge magnets. And uh, apparently they were received with thanks as their agent. And, and there was another, another message saying, stop bothering me. <laughs> okay, so uh, so Kate Bush Hulk, you you do a lot on Twitter. Uh, do you feel like by by taking on the mask of Kate Bush that you've learned more about her? <laughs> For those listening, this is, this Paul's is, eyes widened. <laughs> and he stared at me like an anime character. This is like in, this is like inside the actor's studio. <laughs> We haven't even got to my pompous questions I end with. I really do. Uh, um, no, but it has it made you think about, like, in, in a way, you're speaking through her in this, like, incredibly silly way in, on this silly platform. Characters. Um, yes. Um, I, I think, like anything uh, artistic one is obsessed with, um, uh, things about us sort of pop up in one's life and one's work all the time. And that, that's the joy of having a favorite uh, musician, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would love to actually talk to you this whole podcast is about obsession. And, and to me, that it's, uh, that's kind of what, what geekdom is about, is that people get really excited about things they like, and sometimes maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> uh, but from what I know of you, I think you have a really good handle on the idea of obsession. Mm. Like, I know from your Twitter stream and from talking to you that you are aware that you are an obsessive person and have means to deal with it. <laughs> you're, you're saying I'm functional. Uh, yes, you're very, you're highly functional. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to tease. I, 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 I am honestly interested in people who are able to say, I am aware that I like this a lot. How does that affect my life, and how do I kind of uh, make it a positive thing? 
Well, and I, I did say to my wife early on in our courtship, um, you, you do realise you're going to hear an awful lot about Doctor Who and cricket. And that was cool with, with the former president of the Oxford University Doctor Who Appreciation Society, thank goodness. <laughs> but the cricket took a bit of doing. And, um, and I'm aware that I have to... I, I actually ration myself quite a lot, perhaps too much. Uh, I, to indulge in an obsession, I actually feel like I'm... I have to buy it, you know, I, I, I have to, um, you know, kind of get everything done in the day and make sure it's not disturbing anybody else. You know, I'm aware of its ability to take me over. Right. And, and so I actually rush myself a bit too much. And sim similarly on Twitter, I, I'm very much aware of the audience listening all the time. <laughs> and we don't do anything that's not entertaining. Well, we do, but we try not to. Say, we. Who else is twittering? It's me. It's not like Britney Spears. There's not a team. Um, it's you and Kate Bush Hulk, your <laughs> yes. other persona. Right? The mask you wear. Um, I would love to see Kate Bush Hulk tweet about cricket, actually. <laughs> <laughs> It would be like Hemingway. It would be very odd. <laughs> but, um, the, um, but no, it, it's an evolutionary process because we become aware that during um, a test match, when I'm mentioning how excited I am, you know, that follower count starts going downwards. <laughs> and you, kind of, you kind of think, oh, I better, better do something about attacking a vending machine. And up it goes again. <laughs> cool. So I would like to close out your section. You're, of course, willing and encouraged to jump in uh, on other topics. But I have some very serious, very pompous James Lipton questions for you. Uh, the very first one is, if there were a dance move named after you, what would it be? The epileptic seizure. <laughs> <laughs> and the, why? The, the, the is, your, is half your face all right, Paul? Um, <laughs> can, can you move your mouth? Um, it's, <laughs> I do, I do dance. I do dance hugely and uncontrollably, and, and I'm aware that it looks rather scary to anybody outside me. And um, I, I, but I think that's important. I think it's really important to have a good time at a disco, dancing wildly and drunkenly. And um, you know, I, I love that. Yeah, there's a safety net, I think, especially at conventions. Well, there should be a safety net for me. <laughs> <laughs> a literal physical yeah. safety net. <laughs> He's running out of oxygen. No, I think that's like, uh, uh, it's, it's a lovely thing that uh, this is an environment at conventions where people know that maybe we're not all going to be the best dancers, but there's no judgment. Absolutely. Um, and, and I've seen you with duty. I, I was at, at uh, the Anime Detour convention. You were basically ordered to dance because the DJ had put together some Doctor Who music. Oh. We were in the bar doing something else, and somebody came down and was like, Mr. Cornell, uh, the DJ is requesting that you come on stage and dance to his song. Yeah, that was that was one of the high points of my life. Honestly, that was. Um, that, it's very difficult to dance on orders to Doctor Who music. I was sort of like, <laughs> dances awkwardly. <laughs> yeah. For me, like, I'm a fan of a lot of British culture, and it, it's a great joy to get to know you because I, I think of you as a very purely British person. And for me, in that moment, when I saw that something was being asked of you, there was like a James Bond sense of duty. I was sort of like, I don't want to do this, it's wrong. I might get tied up in a chair and have my balls beaten, but God damn it, it's my duty. I'm gonna go up there and do it. So did I tell you about the rest of the evening? <laughs> uh, you actually tweeted about it. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> it was a great match. Um, and you should have chosen my other obsession. 
Which was? Being tied up in a chair. <laughs> For the video podcast, the, the balls being beaten on an audio podcast is just disturbing when it's just the sound. It's like getting oranges with a sledgehammer. Hey, Foley, get on that. <laughs> Okay, we have uh, two more questions. If you could transform into any animal, what animal would that be and why? Um, I think very boring. No. Oh, I know. Yes. I'd like to be a slow loris. <laughs> Isn't that a car? What is <laughs> It's, it's the most disastrous brand name in Aston Martin history. <laughs> <laughs> For James Bond when he's 80, the slow loris. I, a slow loris is a lemur-like creature, um, which I once had a wonderful encounter with in Berlin Zoo. It's, it's in... <laughs> <laughs> just, just so you know, this is the worst penthouse letter You don't want the quick Loris for that. Um, <laughs> Alright, so you were in a German zoo doing something weird with an animal that is slower than a sloth. I, 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 it's like a lemur. A slow Loris is indecisive. It'll look slowly at you and look at the twig ahead of it and reach out with one little paw and then pause and think, no, no, maybe not. <laughs> and then it'll reach out, no, no, maybe not. And you're, you're, you're just, it's like watching a small creature do feng shui. <laughs> no, actually not feng shui, I don't mean that at all. What's the thing people do in parks? Tai Chi, yes, feng shui is something else. I, I took it literally that it was arranging its little animal apartment. <laughs> I need this twig in the romance corner. <laughs> But it's very indecisive about it. <laughs> well, I, I, okay, okay, that, that's your answer, and that's a good answer. Uh, so your final question is, what is happiness? <laughs> um, I, I think, actually, it's getting a reasonable proportion of everything. It's like, it's like a slow loris doing feng shui. It's, 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 <laughs> That's a t-shirt that nobody would buy. Happiness is like a slow loris doing things. What, what good is a t-shirt you have to explain? <laughs> That's a very good answer. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul Cornell. And again, you're, you're welcome and encouraged to jump in as we talk to uh, Bonnie Burton. Hello, Bonnie. I was, I was being polite, by the way. There's so many Kate Bush jokes I had that I, I was know. like, I'm, I'm not going to go there. Well, we could, we could just spend your whole discussion doing will, like a riff on Paul's I know, but I will say that uh, I used to take improv, and I remember we had to act out songs, and I got running up that hill once. And uh, I'm, I'm not a big, yeah. And uh, what happened was is the improv group would randomly throw things at me that I had to like jump over for running up that hill. And so forever Kate Bush reminds me of getting beaten to death by things being thrown at me that were very heavy. So I don't, sorry. I was, I was a little, was, I have painful Kate Bush memories. So. And I tried not to be sexual every time you said Bush, I'm sorry. Anyway, is this a kid program? I'm just now realizing this. No, no. Okay, good. All that Bush talk. Because I did bring puppets. Oh, good. So well, before we get, in, before we get into your puppets, um, 
just to watch it die. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm a writer. Uh, I've written quite a few kids' books, including the Star Wars craft book. That's why I brought, uh, I brought puppets, I bring puppets with me wherever I go at bars so I get free drinks, but it's Admiral Sackbar. <laughs> uh, he's made from felts and um, bags, and he's done a lot of drinking. So I will tell you, if you ever want to get free drinks, at a bar make puppets, and then I made a, a, a Chewbacca sock puppet, which has seen better days because my dog has tried to mate with it. And the audience reacted as though they had seen jewelry. I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm a writer. Uh, I worked for Lucasfilm as the senior editor at StarWars.com for nine years. Um, Jar Jar's not my fault. Um, <laughs> Uh, and so, and then I, I do web series. I do a, a, a romance book club with Felicia Day and Veronica Belmont and Kyla Casey called Vaginal Fantasy. Um, I dare you to Google it. Um, <laughs> Google image search. If you don't want to do a Google image search, it's a paranormal romance book club uh, that I run. It's on YouTube and uh, it's on Felicia Day's channel. And basically for an hour and a half, we sort of talk about the book and mostly just drink. And you don't um, talk about anything but Twilight. You don't like Twilight. I mean, we're right? not big Twilight fans. I'm not going to judge because um, I've been trying. See, I don't get to pick the books because they know where I'm going with it. I will go straight to tentacle love. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer. Did you say fur believer? I'm a firm believer in not tentacles. Furby, not Furby. Firm. Uh, that, you know, that, that we should put the love back in Lovecraft. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I am picking a Cthulhu erotica book when it becomes my turn. Oh, there is a great Cthulhu erotica anthology out there, which some of you might have seen if you took the Google search uh, of stuff. Um, so I do that, and I have a Stan Lee show that's launching after cool. Comic-Con that's Geek Crafts with celebrities. So if you like... Mythbusters, I shoved Grant Imahara into a robot costume and then into a wall. Uh, <laughs> uh, I basically, all my friends who happen to be celebrities, I'm calling in favors nice. and blackmail. So Will Wheaton will be on it. And I'm on Tabletop next week. Okay. Uh, will Wheaton's board game show, too. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. so I'm doing a bunch of stuff. Basically, uh, I don't work for Lucasfilm anymore. Um, but I've now decided to take on every single project I said I'd do later. So I apologize in advance for all you're gonna see me on YouTube. Um, I am kind of a media whore. And if you follow me on Twitter, I apologize because I tweet literally every five minutes, so. Yeah, I also Oops. love your Twitter feed. Your Twitter feed is also very I, I well do curated. I do something called Vandalize, uh, where I put googly eyes on everything, so it's like Vandalize. Um, and so if you see, and I'm glad to see that there are other googly eyes people here at Convergence, because I'm seeing googly eyes in the most inappropriate places. It's awesome. <laughs> there are some toilets around here that will see everything. Um, <laughs> well, they have no mouth, so at yeah, least they can't know, tell about I it. I know, so yeah, so no, I'm excited to be here, but this is fun. Cool, so your obsession we've decided yes. to talk about is Godzilla. So I have many obsessions. I'm one of those geeks that can't just stick to one thing. Um, granted, when you work for Lucasfilm, you kind of become obsessed with Star Wars, and whether you watch it or not, so I have way too much Star Wars knowledge uh, cramped in my noggin. Uh, but I am also obsessed with Godzilla and Sherlock and Lovecraft and Googly Eyes and Doctor Who. I, I, and not cricket, sorry. The only cricket I know is for killing zombies. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> 
Um, and, and I'm a big zombie fan and horror fan, so yeah, cool. all over the place. But yeah, Godzilla, Godzilla is my main man. Okay, so uh, when did you first become enamored of Godzilla? I saw my first Godzilla. I grew up in Kansas on a farm, uh, so there weren't a lot of opportunities to uh, come across Godzilla. Um, but I did see my first Godzilla film. It was like, I, I remember being a huge Perry Mason fan. Ah, uh, uh, the gateway drug to Godzilla. <laughs> Keep with me on this. So, original Godzilla, the American Godzilla, well, it's not American, but the one that was introduced to American, right. they couldn't possibly just have Japanese people in it because we'd be scared or something. So they had to stick random Americans in it, and, and, and he was in it, Perry Mason. I did say Perry Mason, not Perry Farrell, right? Because I said that once. I <laughs> that. Yeah, it's, it's not that. Um, no James addiction in Godzilla yet. Um, but no, I watched it and I, I thought it, and I was so young, I thought it was the best Perry Mason episode ever. <laughs> because he's like a reporter in the movie, and I'm like, when does Godzilla take the stand? Like, I was like, raises one claw. I know, what's the twist at the end? Was he like, did he have a romantic liaison with like the secretary? Like, I was waiting, and uh. Did you burn down Tokyo? Yeah, did you burn down Tokyo? Yeah. And so uh, I was super excited to get um, to basically see this movie. And then I, my mom was a librarian, so I made her like give me anything to do with Godzilla from uh, the library. Kansas Public Library didn't have a lot on Godzilla, <laughs> but um, and then uh, I would reenact Godzilla scenes. So I would take all my brother's Lincoln logs and Honda cars and stuff when I was a little kid, and I made shoebox Godzilla feet uh, out of felt and um, little shoeboxes. And I would destroy every toy in sight and then get grounded for a month because I destroyed every toy in sight. Well, so, did you build Lego structures and knock them over, or did you actually break his toys? Like, Legos, smash an action? No, I'm really old. So, Legos were like the rich kids. So, we had Lincoln Logs that were like third generation Lincoln Logs. I don't know what kind of World War II diseases were all over those. <laughs> I'm sure those Lincoln Logs were put somewhere where Hitler would never find it. I don't know. But they were, they were really ratty, tinker toys, like, you know, like really old Barbies that looked like they'd been in and out of rehab, like just really, so all those toys were worthy of my Godzilla. So in a way it was like Godzilla was purifying all these he deviant was. toys. You created these deviant backstories where this Lincoln log is yeah. up a man's ass. Yes. Yeah, this Barbie's was, in recovery. I was doing uh, the world a favor by destroying these toys, <laughs> being Godzilla. But yeah, so I would do that and you know, once I got to like school, I would want to talk to other kids about Godzilla, and they thought I was nuts because they were all about, you know, whatever, like Charlie's Angels. I remember the popular girls trying to like get me to play Charlie's Angels with them, and I wanted to play Godzilla, so I just incorporated Godzilla into whatever Charlie's Angels story. So you know, Farrah Fawcett and Godzilla are gonna track down the skateboard thieves, and you know, it's just they. I didn't last long in that group, but um, but you know, no, I I loved Godzilla, and it just stuck with me, and then. Eventually, I found my Godzilla uh, brothers and sisters in high school and college, um, and then, of course, the other characters I loved. And then, probably most of you, if you aren't familiar with too many Godzilla characters, if you're a Mystery Science Theater fan like my, like me, probably that's how you got into Gamera, through yeah. the love of turtle meat. Um, and so, and if not, that just sounds really disgusting. <laughs> so, did you see the, the Godzilla versus King Kong? Yes. mashup stuff, and how did you feel about that? Because I remember that being a bitter, bitter debate. It was a bitter uh, debate. It was like my first, like, on the playground, first time I got into, like, a patriotic debate, and everybody was oh, just really? sort of like, 
these little kids, for some reason, they must have just been spooned for this by their parents. Like, well, King Kong's from America, and he's gonna win. That's like, like awesome. That's parents. bullshit. I wish my parents debated on that stuff. Um, so you were King Kong camp, or were you Godzilla camp? I just thought I, I, I was such a, a little nice kid who had. Like, no, you weren't. You, I am imagining you with a tiny little flask. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting off to the side, making side cracks. There's a couple little girls chasing you to kiss you, but you don't run. <laughs> I, I'm like totally envisioning you on the, the playground. The first girl I ever approached was on the playground in kindergarten, and I said... Please tell me you were that age, too. <laughs> I was six, she was okay. five, so it was a little, a little dicey, and I said, I like you, and she said, well, I don't like you, and I'm moving to Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> where Godzilla has been seen on occasion. Yeah, so, I know, yeah. so it, it oh, all connects, yeah. That's really yeah. sad. But no, I, I just didn't understand, this, I didn't understand why King Kong or Godzilla had to win. I don't either. Couldn't they just fight for a while and go, ah, you're both good, and then walk away? <laughs> why, why is King Kong an American? He's, he's an immigrant. He came from his island. He, Thank he, you. He, he, yeah. he, he went through Ellis Island. He came to New York. <laughs> he did really well for himself. I, you know, I, it's, it's an, I feel like it might be an American thing that once something international is popular, we try to Americanize it a right. bit. Uh, like the new Sherlock with, with Lucy Liu as Watson, which is hilarious. Um, that just happened, so I think King Kong, but I don't know. King Kong, he did not have a chance, but I love no. the King Kong original movies. I'm a big fan of Ray Harryhausen, so, um, and all stop motion, and so um, I'm excited for that. So can you imagine your life without Godzilla? What would be different in your life if there were no Godzilla? I feel like there's always going to be a giant scaly creature that I appreciate. So if it wasn't Godzilla, it'd be Cthulhu. If it wasn't Cthulhu, it'd probably be some made-up something or other. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I can't imagine, like, I probably would have had a lot more friends. And no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm just thinking, like, we would have hung out, because if I saw a little kid with a flask who was heartbroken about some stupid girl from Hawaii that yeah. wouldn't give him the time of day, we'd hang out. But, um, yeah, I don't, it's hard, I don't know, like, how would you live without, would you be able to live without Kate Bush? I mean, these obsessions are obsessions, but I don't know, like, how they are. You're shaking. Are you okay? Are you shaking? <laughs> don't, don't, don't even go there. Goodness. <laughs> Bush, Godzilla, this world. I am thinking uh, though that, that I couldn't live in a bushless world. <laughs> I know. Joke, 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 joke. No joke. Oh come on. I thought for sure you were going to say something about a bushless world. Oh, President Bush. Oh, I was thinking sex. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. I thought that was the joke. I know. You see, ladies and gentlemen, women have world. pubic hair that is sometimes. I, I, I think they get it. It was like having subtitles there for the hard of thinking. That was really. <laughs> I, I was suddenly that I was suddenly the elephant shrimp double act from the Muppet Show. I so what the joke was about, you see, that was a good anyway. I'm not, I'm, do you have any sign language interpreters? Because a lot of times I'll just say stuff as learn things. Uh, and I was gonna make a Godzilla sex joke just so I could see how I could we'll go for hand it. movements. Don't, don't, don't just tease us with a Godzilla sex joke. <laughs> no, no, it'll come later, she said. Um, so uh, yeah, I do think your your she hulk bush should be more like <laughs> Godzilla. Godzilla Kate Bush, sorry. She-Hulk Bush, there's a whole episode of Fantastic Four about that. 
There's so many sex jokes, I'm trying to be proper. Uh, but anyway, yes. Well, I want to ask you the same question that I asked Paul, because uh, you know, I've been doing this podcast for a while, and yes. it's interesting the range of how much people are in touch with their obsession and okay. the nature of obsession. And, okay. you know, shockingly, here I am at a convention with two professionally obsessed people, and they have such a handle on, well, of course, this is my obsession, and this is how I categorize it, and this is how much of my day I devote to it. So yeah. what, what, how do you, what do you think about the nature of obsession? Well, I think obsession it just means you, I don't know if this sounds unhealthy or not, but you just really, really love something to the point where you, um, you become completely alienated. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, no, you really appreciate something to the point where you know all the little minutiae and you will debate with people and fall in love with people and hate people all because of it. So it's, it's, well, you, you see this at conventions all the time. I mean, um, when I worked for Star Wars, I would see it constantly. I mean, the, just the anger and hatred about Jar Jar, it's just, I felt like we had to have therapists on site. And, and then there's other people who love Ewoks, but don't realize that Ewoks actually eat, eat people. I don't know, that's not a spoiler. I mean, Han Solo wasn't on that fire to stay warm. He was gonna be a human Hot Pocket. I mean, that was, we weren't trying to make him comfortable on a pole. He was going to die. Um, so I mean, with all obsessions, people get really, really uh, either irate or excited. I try to like, I feel like the elder of the internet, the way our elder of geekdom where I want to, you know, like a cult. I want you to join my cult that's happy. We have, you know, Godzilla stuff, and I make Godzilla sex jokes, and I make Godzilla drinks, and I throw Godzilla parties, and I sleep in a Kushzilla, which, um... <laughs> a, what to, is a Kushzilla? So a Kushzilla, if you go to Kushzilla.com, I swear it's not porn. Uh, or is it? Um, it's, it's like a slanket. But it's a Godzilla what? costume, so it's a very cushy. You need to define Godzilla. your definition. Okay. So slanket is like I, I thought everyone in the. I think there are different terms for it. Oh crap! Is that a sex term? No, um, no, no, no. But it's it's the blanket with arms, right? It's a blanket with arms. So right. just imagine if your blanket was more of a cushy Godzilla costume that you could sleep in, and sometimes I wear it and chase around my dog, or I go to the grocery store in it. <laughs> I do wash it, just so you know, I'm not a furry. That's not, or a scaly, I don't know. I'm actually, maybe that should be something. Yeah, you might be a scaly. A scaly? You might be a scaly. Um, yeah, I have tentacle pillows everywhere too in my apartment. It does kind of look like a, a weird pit. Have you, as a crafter, just attached tentacles to most of the stuff in your house? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, it's funny because I, I do crafts constantly, and if I'm obsessed with something new, I'll do crafts. Based. I mean, I have a lot of Doctor Who crafts in my house too, but um, Cthulhu crafts are kind of crazy. I did make a tentacle bed for my dog so she could sleep in what looks like the loving arms of Cthulhu. Um, and I did make a Sarlacc pit uh, dog bed for one of my friends as well. Awesome. But it's like cushy thorns. It's not like actual teeth, but it's disturbing. And if you don't know what a Sarlacc pit is, it does look kind of... Well, is it the yeah? Is it the original one or the the modified one with? Oh no, original. Oh, I'm okay. all, I'm I'm very like very puppet centric, so CG and I don't necessarily get along. Right. So I like everything that looks like Jim Henson touched it or, or Frank Oz talked through it or somebody's hand was up it. So. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you covered all the bases. I really feel like I'm in a Puppets Anonymous meeting right now. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Like, I should be just talking through my puppet. I'm just really, I have done. I'm yeah, really glad that both of your hands are on the table. I know, right? <laughs> you have the urge to, like, have Admiral Sackbar do the rest of this interview. Um, 
Well, I want to I want to get to my pompous questions. Okay, let's hear. Are, it. are they the same questions? No, they're different. Oh, cool. Except for the last one. The last one's always the same. Okay, let's hear it. If you could smash any city, what city would you smash? Paris. So. <laughs> That's insanity. I'm saying if you could only drink one type of alcohol, what would it be? Oh, jeez. Uh, so fast with Paris. Oh, uh, because uh, the wine? I don't care about that. No, no, no. I'm just, I was fascinated that you knew oh, right, away, right like, away. I barely well, got the words out. alcohol is another obsession. I think they call this alcohol. They call that a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's an AA meeting. Uh, I'm obsessed with liver damage. I'm just yeah. really interested in it. Uh, wow, that's a hard, I mean, I, I'm a big, I like whiskey. I actually have a Cthulhu flask that I carry around. Uh, well, what's in it right now? Uh, your, the whiskey you put in there, I think, oh, okay. from a while ago. I, yeah, it's not yeah. left. And then I put googly eyes on it, so you, so you never, so you never drink alone. Okay. <laughs> uh, always have a friend. Uh, yeah, I don't, I guess, I don't know, it'd have to be strong enough where I could forget my pain but enough to inspire me to write, but not enough where I would ever get sober to realize what was happening. So I just whisked. So, whiskey. apple teenies? Yeah. Is that what you're <laughs> Nothing that was going to do hangover, so not too many sugary. Yeah. I'm just going to go with Warren Ellis. Whatever Warren Ellis is drinking, I'll drink. <laughs> um, yeah, so whiskey, yeah, it has to, well, I don't know, what's yours? Uh, probably whiskey. Appetini? No, not appetini. Uh, I think it would be whiskey. Okay. Yeah, nothing with teeny on the end unless Mars in front of it. I hate it when people, like, make martini drinks that aren't real martini drinks. They just put it in a martini glass and say it's a martini. Yeah. It's like, that's, uh-uh. I've no. made a beer teeny where I just put beer in a martini glass. <laughs> beer teeny. Swirl, enjoy. I, it's I very will, sophisticated. I will give you a tip. Uh, in college, uh, when I ran out of milk uh, on my cornflakes, I put uh, Kahlua. And, uh, Kahlua and cornflakes is actually pretty good. So that's just I wouldn't call that a tip. I would call that a dare. Yeah. <laughs> Also, if you run out of milk and you like it in your oatmeal, try try a little, you know, Irish cream, little Baileys. Well, I feel like you're in the middle of answering my last question. Uh, okay. What yes. is happiness? Uh, cornflakes. Um, what is happiness? I forgot. What did you say for your answer? Oh, I was you deep. You just said Kate Bush, didn't you? I was deep and meaningful. Oh crap. Um, Happiness, to me, happiness means you could be as bizarre as possible and you don't care what other people think. I mean, Eleanor Roosevelt, she has the best quote ever. She's like, what other people think of me is none of my business. 
And I love that quote because I am a bizarre, as a bizarre child, I'm a weird person. Like, when I speed date, I use the Voight comp tests. Like, <laughs> I weed out normals when I'm speed dating because it's just going to waste my time. Or if it's all normal people and I know there's no geek speed dating, I'll start making them think I'm going to do identity theft. So I, like, ask them what their mom's maiden name is. <laughs> I'll ask them their first pet name, where were they born. And some of them catch on, the maiden name one usually, but there's been times when guys just really talk a long time about their moms, which is another red flag. So, so what I'm hearing is that the answer to my question is, oh, right. happiness, happiness is being is. so comfortable yes. in being yourself that yes. you're willing to mindfuck people on a speed date. Yes. <laughs> yes. To mindfuck people on a speed date, to know you can put googly eyes in a restroom and you think it's funny. It um, is. To be yourself and not care what other people think. And quite honestly, like, you know, I don't care if I, googly eyes are my only, you know, companion the rest of my life. As long as I know I'm having fun and other people are having fun with me, that's, that's happiness. So that's all I care about. Ladies and gentlemen, Bonnie Burton. And now our random audience volunteer can join us. Random audience volunteer, what is your name? Well, technically, uh, my, my real name in real life is, oh, sorry, um, Amanda Neerud, um, but my derby name is Ms. Demeanor Maven. So that's why I'm Maven. Ms. Demeanor Maven. Okay, so in your obsession is roller derby, is that yes. correct? Yes. So tell us a little bit for anyone who might not know about roller derby. Yeah, so um, back in the 70s, there was a whole, you know, big roller derby movement with the bank tracks and girls hitting each other over the railings and everything like that. Well, we took kind of the hitting stuff and took out the schmaltz and fakeness, I guess, because all that stuff was scripted for the most part. Um, ours is not scripted. We don't know who's going to win. Uh, ours is flat, so we can play it anywhere. We actually just played it outside uh, from three to four. And uh, yeah, we hit people and we get hurt and it's fun because, I mean, this is basically what I was wearing outside. Um, so it's somewhat attractive girls, typically. She's wearing a big fluffy dress. Yes. <laughs> There's lace and, yes. <laughs> there are little bits of other girls. Yeah. <laughs> Stuck in her teeth. Yeah. So when did it come into your life? Um, actually, this is my fourth year. Um, so back in like 08, 09, um, which it's been going strong. We have a, a governing body called WUFTA, Women's Flat Track Derby Association, who make sure that we all stay uh, you know, legal and stuff, um, and don't what kill is, each other. What does other. that mean? Stay legal within the game, or uh, like... game? Yeah, they give us our rules. They um, make sure that we can actually have things like a um, tournament. Uh, we have regional tournaments, and then a big um, overall tournament of the different regions. The top two from each region go. We had an actually a Derby World Cup. Um, so we had Finland, Netherlands, Canada, Mexico, U.S. Um, and where did that happen? Did it happen? Did the um, competition happen in the Twin Cities, or where did that? No, happen? that one was in Canada. Yes, I've got some other Derby people in the audience. Uh, you're just having reverence for Canada. Yeah. Slow down. Wait a minute. How does the Canada work? Do people just get out of the way? And well, like, it's, <laughs> oh God, I'm so sorry. Oh God, I, I'm so sorry. I hate you there. I'm, oh God. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> um, well, it's kind of weird because a lot of the Wufta uh, stuff is in feet. So we have to convert it to meters, and it's just like kind while of, while you're roller derbying. Well, like, how many don't. meters away is that girl? I want to. I know, right? Yeah. Well, there's the like I said, there's rules. You know, you have to be within 20 feet. 
So convert that. Luckily, mostly that's the refs that have to worry about that, not the skaters. <laughs> so that's nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's athletic. It's, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm not a small girl and I can play. I've both been the person that scores the points and also the people that are in the pack trying to defend and stop the person from scoring. So, I mean, you don't have to be a twig. You don't have to be this big, huge, you know, honking girl to play it. It's... Cool. Awesome. So how is it, uh, so that makes sense, like the big picture appeal of it, how has it made a difference in your personal life? Oh gosh, I instantly had about 60 best friends. Um, it was great. It was <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and it, it really is, I mean it's kind of, it's kind of like a fraternity, sorority, whatever you want to call it, but it's because we drink together um, after we're done skating. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we work together, we are obsessed with the rules and, you know, all of our gear, because there's, you know, eight different types of people that make uh, the skates, the wheels, the knee pads, the elbow pads, the helmets. You get to dress up however you want. If you want to wear fishnets, you can wear fishnets. If you want to just wear, you know, mesh right. jean shorts, you can. So there's a lot of minutia to get into it, right? <laughs> yeah, in, in, there's, in oh. Like all there's, well, here's, here's an interesting question to me that uh, there's minutiae in it like all sports, but obviously, you know, geeks and sports don't always get along necessarily, yeah. but roller derby seems to have a very close affinity to the geek community here in definitely, the Twin Cities. Definitely. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I, I'd like to say it's just because we're really inclusive, I guess. Like we, we are not like, oh, well, you've got to be, you know, at least six foot tall to be able to play basketball or you have to be able to, um, you know, I guess, football, you know, run really fast or like be able to block someone and that kind of thing. Really, if you have the drive to put on skates, be not worried to fall down and be willing to learn, we'll teach you. So, but in terms of like the actual sort of a uh, geek culture stuff, in terms of like, like in Star Wars and Doctor Who, like you oh, all yeah. come up with your names and a lot of them are geek references. Yes, um, so Tesseract. <laughs> Her number's 888. Um, we've got um, We've got... <laughs> my personal favorite is... Yeah, uh, my personal favorite is Aurora Horealis. Um, <laughs> Tara Bichapard. Um, Mythbusty is in the audience. Um, who else is over there? Okasen, but you don't have a really cool name, but you're still over here too. So, it, um, so it seems to me the, the, the roller derby community is so uh, geek oriented mm -hmm. and is there anyone who is a roller derby member who is the one weirdo non-geek who like wants to come in and like shut the fuck up about Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some um, who just want to show up and like skate and like hit people and then like go back to their normal job. I mean we've got accountants, we've got, I work for Target at headquarters. Um, we've got teachers. We've got about a dozen teachers on our, on our league. So yeah, right? <laughs> Teaching the youth of America. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, I mean, it is. It, that's. I think that's part of the appeal is that it is so inclusive. It is. It, I mean, we don't care what you do outside of it as long as you're able to get hit and not, you know, really care. I guess. <laughs> so what are what are your other geek interests? What are your other obsessions besides roller derby? Oh God. Um, well, I also am Sherlock. Um, Will Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> I've, I've seen him a lot. I've actually finally met him. He was here, and I got his autograph, and I was like a total like. I, I picture you skating up to him. No, oh no. See, but that's the thing is you cannot drink when you're on skates. That's part of the the woofter rules and things like that. Because really, do you want a girl who can beat your ass on skates and be drunk? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
It will be, it will be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have some new requests for my wife. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, and it's also, I mean, it's just for your safety. It's for our safety too. Um, but. <laughs> I'm just imagining the apocalypse with roller derby girls being the last ones left and in charge of my whiskey um, and what could possibly happen. But I do like the idea of you chasing after Weird Al in roller derby and he's just like, I don't know which direction. Dressed like, yeah, yeah in I, spandex. That's and great. That makes James next music video, I think, just all roller derby girls chasing yeah. after him. Yeah. <laughs> and Renaissance Festival. I do dress up and go to Renaissance Festival. And what do you do at Renaissance Festival? Just dress up and wander Drink. around? So yeah, just drink. drink, honestly. Yeah, like, people are like, oh, you, you dress up, you've got a really nice outfit. Do you, do you go there and do you work? No. If you work, you can't drink there. Well, you can, but you know, probably get in trouble. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just fun. I really think there should be roller jousting now. <laughs> oh, dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. You just started by yourself. <laughs> very hard on the horses, isn't it? <laughs> 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 you could have studded wheels. <laughs> That would be wonderful. No. The, the names would get even more complicated. Oh, Lord. Have a name for your horse. We haven't even gone through the men names, uh, the male names. There, there is actually men's roller derby in uh, Minnesota. Cross. Yeah, because really, I, I'm all for it. I do like it. It's a lot more hitting, obviously. Um, but you don't really want to see guys in spandex. Why is it more hitting? Do men really just like they just stop skating and start punching each other? <laughs> there, and there's a lot more falling, and like we've got, we do have like derby bingo where it's like, and it's a lot more fun for the girls to watch the guys because we have like derby bingo and we play that, and so like if they take out a ref, you drink, and like, <laughs> which happens a lot. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like if you know if there's no jammer, which can happen, they all get sent to the box, then you take a drink, so you just you know. If Watch. there's no jammer in the box, you drink. Is yeah. that what you said? Okay. No, if, there, if there's two jammers in the box, you drink. Sorry, because you can have two. <laughs> that was like volleyball. Two I would just set me down the box. In the box. Sorry. Sorry, keep going. And the horse too, bro. I really, the more I say sorry, it doesn't really help. <laughs> I want to encourage you. Okay, so uh, I think I think we understand your obsession. Uh, I want to ask you some closing pompous questions. Are you ready? If you really could have a nickel for every time you've done something, what would that something be? Hmm. I could have a nickel for every time I've done something. It's not a word problem with me. There's no math. <laughs> What have you um, done a lot? Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> drink, yes. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I drank, then yeah, I would I'd be drunk and I would have a lot of nickels. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you, you I would, would, it I would, would be for drinking and drinking. You hit people with your giant bag of nickels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. If you could whisper anything into a microphone and then possibly have it edited out of a podcast, <laughs> what would you whisper? Oh, There's a whole finger theme going on. <laughs> it's just kind of a fun word. It is. It finger. sounds like I mean, it should be dirty, but it isn't. Finger, right? but the new Frank. Yes, I know. Look just the picture. I turned around, chicken and Bonnie. Sorry, magic hands. It's like a cross between jazz hands and tentacles. It's like Cthulhu jazz hands. 
but it, it looked to me like you were trying to disappear. Operate. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie Burton's gone. So, say, say it again. The new fragrance by Hugo Boss. <laughs> And finally, what is happiness? Well, in terms of derby, it's kicking the ass out of the jammer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all very much for coming to us, Ben. We've been a wonderful audience. Bonnie Burton, Amanda. And that's it, Drew. Really, you don't take questions from the audience or anything? They just you can. sit here and knit and pretend we're funny. <laughs> and you don't, don't even take one single... I think you should at least take one single question from somebody in the audience. Okay. If any issues in this podcast oh, have Lord. affected you. <laughs> <laughs> the woman in the back is currently slapping her, her friend. friend. We didn't question? ask for odd statements. We asked for a question. Wait, was that the question? No, yeah. no. Is that, is that what he gets a nickel for every time he does? My question is going to be if you guys have any negative obsessions. Like negative to other people or to us? Um, like something that just irritates the hell out of you. Oh. Focus on. Oh. Um. I like Guns N' Roses a lot, <laughs> non-ironically, and I wrestle how to how to talk to people about it, because I really do like it a lot. I had a Guns N' Roses song on uh, the CD that was our wedding mix. It had all these, like, Ella Fitzgerald songs, and Irish songs, and then it had Welcome to the Jungle at the end <laughs> of our wedding mix, and I, I got... I got to it and I couldn't do it, so I, I put in a lounge version of Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> it blended much more nicely. So yeah, I have, I have obsessions that uh, that that they get they they touch something that I haven't quite figured out about myself. I like, like how you I keep pointing. It. I like how you keep pointing down when you say touch something <laughs> in myself. This is oh sorry, this is was it your heart? heart? Oh, no. oh sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry.
three times divorced seventy year old woman. I yeah, that's a drink right there. We that's have to drink. Yeah. So there's like lots of shows I watch that are kind of embarrassing for everybody else and but you know it's it you don't care what other people think. It's not that embarrassing. But yeah, there's been I lose so many Twitter followers when I'm watching Murder She Wrote or Tom Selleck or Tom Selleck's mustache. Or, You're watching Tom Selleck. I know. He's a piece of meat to you. I feel like I'm not watching what he's saying. I'm just watching him. He's not a piece of meat. He has a piece of a strip of hair right here. <laughs> right here. That's all I care about. <laughs> all right, Paul. Is there anything that you? I also see you as loud and proud that there's nothing. I, 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 I like the new Hawaii Five-0. I don't know oh, why I like it. <laughs> it's not very good. But for what some it reason, it's, it's like every now and then you think they could do a good episode this week. They don't, but they could. <laughs> I like to think that you write fanfic for the new Hawaii Five-0 because as a TV writer, do you do that? Because I always wondered about TV writers. Well, well, Is there I'm... a white 5 Doctor Who crossover that's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> like a TARDIS on a surfboard? Yeah. Please make that happen. I, I, I think there's slush to be had there. Yeah. I... <laughs> now that is a t-shirt. <laughs> I think British accent brackets, I think there is slush to be had. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sign up for obedient servant, sir. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Amanda, is there anything that you are ashamed of? <laughs> Just cut into the chase. <laughs> um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I don't know. Um, so you're, you're proud of everything. That's yeah, good. Yeah, you know? Excellent. I mean, yeah. one thing I can think of is like loud chewing, I guess. That makes me know it. But like, I do it too. Like, and that's the thing. Is it's Are like, you obsessed with it? And you're like, I'm going to go out there and do some loud no, no, chewing. But like, <laughs> but like, no, like, I mean, like, but like, you can hear it. Like, you know, movie theaters or like. Yeah. In have panels, but that's like, that's like, just like the way your face is constructed. It's not like it's not I like a choice. I think I, think, I understand. It's, no, it's, but it's like it's one of those is things. But no, but once you hear it, yeah. once you hear it, you can like yeah. you just pick it up. If you go on a it's date with like, a hot guy that's a loud chewer, you, just, you were you're gonna think about that on lots of different ways. But um, <laughs> it's, it's those little things. Like I, you know, have you ever broken up with someone because they just they just don't have any table manners? Because I've oh. had that problem mm -hmm. before too. But I mean, I've broken up with people for not knowing, you know. Proper things about Star Wars, Blade Runner, Star Trek. Yeah, I know. I do the geek breakup all the time. If you can't be yeah. part, if you can't be one of us, it's not. You're not going to be in one of us. <laughs> yes, so, it's true. Yeah. I can't think of a better way to end the podcast. Thank you all very much. Shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed.